Today, I'm excited to introduce Courtney Nolan, who was a former police officer, now a business and sex coach, being no stranger to controversy. Courtney's aim is to shatter taboos and empower business women to live freely and authentically. She left the police force after feeling the heaviness of having to hide her sexual side or have it used as a target in a very toxic working environment where her femininity was often perceived as a weakness. Courtney now coaches women to use their feminine to their business advantage. I'm excited for today's chat and I know you will also get something out of today. So before we continue, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast on whichever listening service you're streaming this from. And this helps with my downloads. It also lets me know what content we need to be focusing more on. Let's get stuck into the show. Courtney, if you could describe your life in the last five or 10 years, you've just met someone off the street and they're interested to know about what's happened in business, what's happened in life in general. Like, how would you describe that? Like a roller coaster. Like, definitely like a roller coaster that I've just held on. And I think I've got to the point now I'm like, okay, I can understand how I want things to look for me. Like it has had everything. It has had like me in the police force. I've had kids, I've been married. And now, now my business is sex coaching and business coaching sex coaches. So everything, Mm. (laughs) there's there's everything in there. Like, I don't know. I clearly, I think I'm attracted to the taboo topics. Like, you know, even when I was in the police force, people would be like, well, either love it or hate it. Mm. And that's the same with like talking about like um, sex now. People are either like really interested or you trigger the fuck out of them and they're like, oh, I don't want it. Oh, that's too much for me. So are you, talking about, are you talking about people in the police force or just people in general? People in general. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> Do you want to mention how you and I came to cross paths? Just quickly, because it's interesting, it's ironic, and um, we connected <laughs> straight away over it. <laughs> I think some people, you just do that. You just like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I've just started working for myself and was like, I really want to talk to other people on their podcast, see how they do it, and I came across you and was like, oh, perfect, like super powerful woman, which I'm immediately drawn to. And then when I went to your Instagram page and I saw there was a police scene, I was like, oh my God, like this is, this could not be any more perfect. I'm like, I'll just watch this because like, you know, done a few police interviews. I I know what I'm looking for. And I watched you and I was like, yeah, I caught on issue cop too. Like, and I had to like, (laughs) I had to like have a look. I'm like, oh no, no, no. She's just acting. Wow. So I was really impressed. I was like, I'm just going to slip into your DMs now and be like, wow, this is really great. And also do you want to chat some more? <laughs> yeah, how cool is it? I was like, oh, my God, yes, I want to talk to you. So I've I've always been drawn to uh, policing, police work, police officers in general, all things mafia, all things underground, um, all things breaking the law basically, which is very di- directly opposite to my my personality. But the And thank you for, I guess, calling me a powerful woman, I get called that all the time and I'm like, but I don't own a multi-million dollar business and I'm not in a power suit. But thank you. 
that's, you know, obviously being a powerful woman represents multiple things for different people mm-hmm. and you don't need those things necessarily to, to have that presence about you in life or run a mafia for that matter. <laughs> <laughs> You're just about to say, well, I run this many people and this is what we do. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm very much a one-man show here. But with that said, um, so the whole obviously like doing the whole acting thing and wanting to play those kind of roles with absolutely no desire to ever be a policewoman, especially after having some off-air chats with you and having trained (laughs) some police officers myself through PT and seeing the stresses that they go through. So it must have been really challenging to deal with the politics and the gender-related issues in the police force. How do you believe your unique experiences as a woman in that environment have empowered you to excel in your current profession as a business coach? So I like the allure to the police for me was like I really like doing different stuff every day and I really like like serving people. So that before um, the police force, I worked in marketing and actually worked for the blood service. So like for me, I'm like serving people. It's like, oh, I'm really interested. Mm. But to be there like front line, I was like, oh, I really want to be there because like I want to be able to support people in like a nice way and not just treat them as a number. Mm. And then getting into the police force, everything, you really have to dissociate a lot of you from Mm. what you're doing. And, like, I get that because you are still doing a lot of things, like things are really gritty and you're seeing a hell of a lot of shit that you really start to dissociate from, like, actually who you are as a person. And I think once I realised, wow, I've gone, I've I've really kind of, I feel like I'm slipping away from, like, what my core values are, I was like, this doesn't feel good for me. Like, I've Mm. got little boys and I actually want to show them that I can be powerful, strong, but also like feminine and sexy and mm. like have my emotions like that. There's no weakness to that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. now working like particularly like I only work with women because I'm like I want us all to feel like fucking boss women doing mm. what we choose to do but still being able to have like that softness and that freedom mm. and that flexibility whereas yeah. there's none of that in the cops. Well, definitely not in my experience. It was like, no, this is the job. This is what you're doing and this is what you'll this is what you will do regardless of whether or not you like it. Mm. So now the way that I coach women, particularly in business, I'm like, fuck no, if you want to take the week off because you've got your period, I hear you. Mm. And you will be even more effective, productive when you have that time to look after yourself. Because when I started to work for myself, that was the business coaches that I was seeing were all like, you've got to hustle. Like it's got to be working. You've got to be doing this. And I was like, I just left that shit. Like, yeah, I don't want to be hustling. Like I want to have the time were you dealing with male coaches though? Or were you dealing with female Female coaches? And they still tell you. That's what hustle. surprised me. Yeah. Mm, and it was okay. like, you gotta hustle, like you've got to be grinding, you've got to be doing this, like this is how it all works. And I was like, mm. there has to be a different way. So that's why then like the sex coaching I'm so interested in. And I love yeah. like the the yoni mapping side of thing, which is like a real bodywork piece. Yeah. And getting women to connect with that. But then like me as a sales coach was looking for a business coach who fully understood that sort of industry of like relationship and intimacy coaching where I'm like, no, some days you are ebb and flowing and some days you do need to just like be angry or be sad and we don't have to rush through those things. I couldn't find a coach who could really understand that. So I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to create this. Like I've got a Mm. business degree, I can do this. And women in these roles who are doing such a 
you know, and a nurturing emotive role deserve business support that yeah. understands that. That's like, actually, I do need to slow down. My body, like none of it makes logical sense to, to people who don't understand it. They're like, well, you've just got your period, like power through that. Like you bleed yeah. every month. And it's like, yeah, but this is your body's natural season telling you, okay, we're just going to call our jets here and just nourish. It's like I couldn't find that in a business coach who was like, it's okay, you don't have to, like, hustle every day. Oh, so I'm like, fuck it, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> I'll empower us to, like, make it work for us. Like That's why we as women love working for ourselves and love creating mm. business that serve the people that, like, we want to be friends with. Like, mm. that's why we do that because we like the freedom, we love the flexibility, and it's like when we want to make good money to support the lifestyles that we want, which for some people, sure, might be a private jet. For other people, it's like I just want to have enough money so that I can take the month off if I want to go on travel. Mm. It's like it's just that, that balance that I'm like so those are the women that I get to work with and I'm like this is such a far cry from, you know, rocking up to DVs every day with people who have just like completely let go of of life and their relationship and just are spinning out of control. It's like it's really nice to be dealing with women like in their power, which is like I said about you. It's like mm. I get it, you've got it. Like you're just like it's an energy. It's such an energy. It's it's really nice. Yeah. Imagine if I had a power suit on. Right. <laughs> it's all over. <laughs> you, it would be it would be like saddle up everybody. Yeah. And I'm just in an Alice <laughs> KD jumper. Whoa, okay. Maybe <laughs> not. we got the same memo because that's this top yeah. two. <laughs> active wear, active wear season. Welcome to this short ad break. Not sure if you're aware, but I'm a personal trainer and have been for years now. So if you like the idea of training and being educated on how to eat for better health, then maybe it's time to hire me as your personal coach. You can start feeling confident, self-assured and healthy again, so you can attract the best kinds of lovers and friendships into your life today. You can apply for online or face-to-face coaching with me, where I will take you through a hybrid fitness system that covers the three pillars to success where I take you through the deep work of mindset principles and help you achieve breakthroughs, guide you to understand meal preparation for your goals and customize your weight training program to help you build a healthy physique that you can be proud of. Find the application link in the show notes of this episode. Back to the show. Um, what's the worst thing you've seen in the police force? And is, is there something that might have happened and you said, enough's enough, I'm out, I'm done? I've had enough. My sex life isn't great. I need to get more in touch with my feminine side. I'm losing touch of who I am, all those sorts of things. And did it did it affect your love life? Would you say the police force? Because we had, obviously, we had a big chat off air, air and mm. there's a lot of things that happen within the police force. There's a lot of sleeping to the top. Uh, there's people that kind of sleep with each other within the police force and Let's talk about, I'm just, because I know the listeners, when you say police officer, a lot of people don't get to get a good insight into what it's really like to be a police mm. officer. And we're, we're, we're very much controlled in the state by, you know, government and police. police. And I'm sure everyone is dying to learn more about it and probably more so the negative part about it because a lot of people don't like police officers. Mm. So if we understand the culture and obviously the things that you guys are handed down from the top might explain why you probably come across as assholes. <laughs> That's yeah. Oh, oh God, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, the worst thing that I saw, for me, I think that 
like job wise, I think mm. it, it was just the stuff where maybe people have just like spun out of control mm. because they're having like a bad day or a shit time and then just stuff is sort of like out of control. So whether or not it's like not how they'd normally act, I think. Like you'd go to like a deceased or something like that and it's yeah. like this is sad, this person's died, but I think for me I kind of I found it more challenging than to talk to the family and to be like to support them. I'm like, oh, that for me was more like it's so sad this person's died, like whatever the circumstances are, but to actually see how that affects the family mm. And still being like, I've got a checklist of things that I really need to get from this family, but I also want to respect the fact that you're grieving somebody that means the world to you. So that that would always be one of the jobs for me that I'd be like, oh, my God, like this one just sits in a little bit deeper. Like yeah. this is just like you're seeing me on your worst day. And it's like mm. that, like those things were hard, I think. Like, mm. um, And each time I suppose you just have to sort of really like flip those emotions a little bit more which I think is for me, who's like super emotive and likes to connect with that side of me in all of its rawness was like, I'm feeling myself like running, um, running like a triage, I suppose, of like what's, what's super important and what's worth like getting upset about when you see things that are like really upsetting. Yeah. It would be like my little boys would like um, bump their knee and be like the tiniest little bit of blood and to them like that's like the worst thing. Yeah. And to me I'll be like, dude, I've just seen some mangled shit yesterday. Like, boah, like this is little in the scheme of things. And then when I'd catch myself, I think those were the moments that I'd catch myself and be like, whoa, court, like this is your little bloke's like biggest thing. Like, mm. This, you need to be able to appreciate that just like you've just, you know, dealt with something like super hectic yesterday. It's like, yeah, but mm. today it's this. This is what's what we're going on with today. So mm-hmm. I think that that was a big piece. But in terms of our sex life, I don't feel like it changed a whole lot. I think mm. like the stresses of us, because like my husband was in the police as well, I think the stresses of both doing shift work and like he was in high risk policing so he would see frontline on like steroids so he was like um in the unit that would you know respond to the jobs that no one was going to it was like you know the you know real armed defender like all of those things like those are the jobs that he would go to as well so for us we had very elevated sort of hypervigilance in our life which was which is nuts compared to now that we're both out and it's like it's so very different but, um, yeah, I think the big shock, so he, my husband had joined before me, like years and years before me. So when we met and I was talking to him about that I'm joining, mm. um, and he said to me, he's like, the hardest thing you were going to find because you were so, like, fucking headstrong is mm. going to be the fact that you were going to have to just take orders, mm. do things without an explanation and, you know, execute stuff that you're just like, oh, it doesn't sit so good. He's like, that is what you're going to find really hard. Mm. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm prepared for that. But I think what I wasn't prepared for was just being a woman in that role. It's like I can see our unique strengths as as a gender. It's like, yeah, and like I can talk 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 you into whatever you need before Mm. I have to go hands-on or before I have to use an appointment. I'm like, I barely had to use my appointments because I love to talk. And I'm like, I'll talk to you like a person 
because you deserve that. Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. you might be doing some shit stuff, but if I can still talk to you on that level, like to me, that's a better result than all the bravado of like having to go hands-on when you don't need to. Like, I think that is like Mm -hmm. a feminine skill that I'm like, this is really powerful stuff to be able Mm -hmm. to talk to you instead of being like, well, I need to go hands-on now and shit's escalated, you know, way out of control than it needs to be, Mm -hmm. which I think was interesting. But yeah, like I, I, I much prefer to talk to people like well, it's negotiation. It's negotiation skills. I think anyone who, <laughs> yeah. anyone who can be spoken to like a human is likely to probably tell you the truth, as opposed to, you know, if you're going to come at them, they're going to sort of they're going to wall up. They're not going to give you what you want, and you see that all the time in the movies when they're sitting in the negotiation room. There's a lot of almost manipulation there to try and, you know, I'm on your side. We'll give you this. We'll give you immunity. Tell us this. We've got your back, that sort of thing. And I'm sure there's a whole other training uh, component just on the negotiation part in, you know, the interrogation yeah. room and all that sort of stuff too, um, which completely intrigues me because that's something I'd, <laughs> I, if I was to be in the force, I'd want to be, you know, top detective. In in the nice white shirt and looking all sexy and (laughs) and it's not really like that at all let's be honest right (laughs) it's not (laughs) um in your in your journey in being in law enforcement to then becoming a business coach what specific skills or insights I guess did you bring uh from your time as a police officer that have proven to be valuable in your coaching practice I think it's just you can't shock me. Like mm. I'm not I'm not offended and I'm not shocked easily. Like, and that's what I think, especially with sex and business. Like you're talking about money and power and positions, and people find that re- like it is, it's so vulnerable. Like, mm. you know, I come from like my upbringing is like you don't talk about money and you don't talk about sex. And now I do both of these with clients all the time. And I'm really comfortable doing it. And I think the fact is like seeing, like you're in people's homes as a police officer, you're you're quite literally seeing them in their rawest all the time. And for mm. some people that's like, their, like I said before, like that's their worst day. That's not something that they're like splaying over social media if they've just had a blue with their partner or their mum or whoever. Like mm. they're not sharing that. Like yeah. that's not common information. So I think like to me when people come to me now in like a business or a sex setting and it's like, oh, I'm, I'm struggling with like um, enjoying sex or I'm struggling to make, you know, more money in business than I want to so that I can afford a lifestyle that I want. It's like, cool, let's do that. Mm. Whereas to some people they're like, oh, what? You can't say that out loud. Like, what do you mean you're saying that? And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't mind. Like come to me with your fetishes and we can work out, you know, if this is, you know, something that's like seedy or something that you're like working through like a sexual shadow or if this is something that you're like, oh, I need to perform like this because yeah. that'll make my partner love me. So I get to like, and like none of this stuff shocks mm. me because I'm like, this is so lovely that you feel comfortable to come and talk to me about all of these things because mm. Otherwise, who else do you talk to? It's like mm. you don't have anyone. So for me, I'm like, I feel like I, I love that from the police, like being able to just, I think, rewrite some people's opinions of policing. People are like, you don't look like a cop. Like, you don't reek of cop at all. Mm. I'm like, mm. yeah, because I don't have to, like, piss all over it to show you that I'm, like, the one who can execute, you know, legislation. I'm like, I don't really care. I'm like, we're just two people. Let's just talk about this properly. Yeah, for like, sure. I just. <laughs> oh, you're not your sure. job. Yeah, exactly. So. I think for me, it's that like 
And I love the balance of like business and sex coaching. Like business coaching is so much fun because I can still think very laterally about like strategy and I can see the systems and I can see what's missing. I can see the gaps very quickly. And I think like that's a police skill as well. Like you have to be able to like look at it really quickly and assess where the gaps are and assess where the risks are like very quickly. You don't have a lot of time to fuck around and like really like gather with a lot of the time. Mm. So for me, when I get like new business clients, they're like, oh, this is what's not working. I'm like, sweet, let's deep dive here. Let's look at this. Let's look at this. And like my analytical brain just loves it. So it's like, cool, I can balance all of these things. But it's also like, oh, I'm feeling, you know, I feel like this. And it's like, cool. It just, it's kind of like the best of both worlds I feel like Mm. I've created. Which yeah, I love. Yeah. Do you get a lot of women that come to you for both at once? They'll come yeah. for the sex part, yeah. So yeah, um, or or it'll kind of be like it's definitely a both, but it'll be like, oh, this is what I need, and I'm like, cool. And then we start to pick at it, and I'm like, well, you're kind of sabotaging yourself because, like, uh, I notice like when you suppress yourself in a sexual sense, you'll do that in a business sense. Yeah. So if you don't yeah. feel like you can be like, um for want of a better way, like loud in the bedroom or you're like muffling yourself, you'll do that in a business sense. So you'll stop speaking properly like you want to speak in business because you don't speak in the bedroom and you'll be able to see the pattern really quickly. Mm. So it's like, oh, I just do what he wants. So we just do it under the covers or we don't have the lights on. I'm like, cool. And now how's that showing up in business? Are you not launching something you want to? Are you setting a lower price point because you feel like, oh, you shouldn't, you can't be, you know, as vocal as you want? Or are you like, where are you sandbagging yourself here? Because when you tell me about what you do in the bedroom, it's like, oh, no, I don't self-pleasure. And it's like, okay, why? And now what are you doing in business? Like, how is that looking for you? Like, Mm. you don't self-pleasure, which is like something that we all should be doing in such a connection to self. It's like, cool, what are you doing in business then? Mm. What do you not feel worthy enough to, you know, to put out there? Because they're so inextricably linked. Yeah, right. Yeah. Real. I'm real. (laughs) So you do yoni massage as well. I'm almost qualified. Yes, I'm doing my training now. Yep. Okay. So are you qualified to work with anyone at the moment? Not in a Yoni, not a Yoni massage capacity, no. No. As of September, yes. Okay. Can you talk to me about who is Yoni massage great for? Women, all women. So I I first had my Yoni massage after I had both of my boys, but I had been interested in it for Mm. years and I'd heard about it on a podcast but like a lot of my like when I'd sort of like start to like look for it it was such a woo-woo thing that people like oh no that's not legit or that sounds a little bit funny or that's not something good and proper and as I live you know regional there's nobody doing it here so I didn't Mm. have anyone as a facilitator so I got a yoni massage after I had both of my boys because they were 10 and a half and nine and a half pounds. So they were fucking huge. Yep. So it was like ripped hair bust on the way out. And I'm like, I'm not enjoying sex as much. I feel numb. I don't recognize my body, all of those things. So for me, I was like, what's going on? Like, I love my body. Like I love sex. I love feeling powerful in, in all of these roles. Yeah. Yeah. I need to find something. So when and explored Yoni Massage, had a Yoni Massage session and then I said to my husband, this is all while I was still in the police. And I said to my husband, I was like, this is fucking me. I'm like everything in this experience, because it's a bodywork piece, it just flipped it. I'm like, it just, everything that I was like, oh, I really like working with women. And I think women feel good when they feel good about their bodies. Like, how do they do that when 
everything is bombarded with like a real external stimulus and like external validation. I was like, how do, how do you do that? And then, yeah, that was like a real turning point. So Yoni Massage is, it's in like an internal vaginal mapping session Mm. to like pinpoint your pleasure points or your pain points. So for women who have had something like a hectic childbirth and they just like had big babies or had a stressful Mm. birth, like we as women store all of our like trauma emotions or blockages in our womb. And Mm. unless you intentionally go to release them, Mm. Mm. they stay there, which is why then women feel numb during sex or they'll disassociate and they'll be off thinking about like, is this over yet? Hurry up, mate. Like, let's get done. Like I'm tired. Like that's when they'll do that. Or they don't know how to self-pleasure or they don't know how to like say to their husband or girlfriend or whoever, it's like, well, no, I prefer it like up it to the right or this spot or harder over here or rub sideways instead of up and down. Like they don't know how to articulate it because they're so numb. And we haven't had, if you haven't had like a progressive partner or somebody who's willing to take the time to help you with that, you're going to be like, well, I don't know. Um, I don't know. What are, you, what are you doing? So, yeah, so it's so rewarding. So they're giving you, because I know another girlfriend who's done it and she did it for an extended period of time. And essentially if you struggle to orgasm, Yoni Massage can also help you achieve a proper orgasm. So did you have a female yeah. therapist or a male therapist? A female therapist. Yeah. So talk us through. So you go in. Legs are spread, undies are off. Like, how is it straight in there? Is it no? Okay. So she, the one that I found, she either you go to her house or she comes to you. So she came to me, and I made sure my whole family were out. My husband was like, "Yep, no problems." Like, take the boys out. Yeah. And you kind of create like that really nice environment for yourself. So for me, it was my own house. It was like perfect. Like awesome. She brought a massage bed, um, oils, and all these different sorts of things comes in and does talk therapy first so goes through like different questions with you like why do you want one what are you looking for what's your sex life being like what's your sexual wellness like at the moment like what are you experiencing how is sex for you like all the sex stories like your previous sexual experiences you know your your births and what have they been like or if you haven't had kids like you know what is it that you're experiencing are you numb is it pain like all of these different things yeah to really kind of work out where you are and then from there, it's like more of a body massage. So it's like just because if you go straight to someone's yoni, they're not going to be interested. It's going to be like, no, can't yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like body massage. So this, we're talking like a couple of hours. I think this was like three-ish hours. So it's like you do all your talk therapy, you do the full body massage, and then it's like slowly makes your way to your yoni. So it's like everything's external to start with. And then she slowly is like, you know, it's all about consent, which is what I teach to my women in sex anyway. And it's like, you know, I'm going to do this. Is that okay? Or I'm going to do that. Is that okay? How do you feel about this? What does that point feel like? And then slowly works to an internal massage. So for me, after having the boys, I had scar tissue and was like, oh, this is normally where I feel pain or numbness down one particular side of my yoni, like inside of my vaginal wall. Like this is where I'm feeling it. So she was able to like really explain to me, like this is how we can instigate like more blood flow to these areas that you don't have pain or numbness Mm. and I was like ah I get that so it's like just helping you work out your own anatomy because you're the like you can do so much in that session 
But then it's like just about the integration afterwards. It's like how you then have sex with your partner or how you then self-pleasure. It's like, oh, cool, I'm just going to work on that spot that she mentioned so I know exactly where it is and it feels familiar because you've already been there. So it's like, Mm. oh, okay, I'm familiar now. It's like you've taken the time for me to like work out that my clitoris is not this tiny little man in a boat at the top, but it's actually all of this. It's Mm. like, ah. So real education, which we probably don't get. We don't get an operation manual on how to self-pleasure. Or <laughs> no. then and then you've got to teach someone else to tell you what you like and then to hit that consistently as well. And then yeah. the most interesting part, obviously, around that is that when our when we're not in touch with our own bodies and we we're not grounded in that sense, how much it impacts other areas of life too. Um yeah. I I do believe that yoni is also great for people that have gone through sexual abuse, obviously, yeah. because they become very disconnected from their bodies. And um, I can imagine being someone's partner that has had uh, has been sexually abused, there'd be times where the partner that has been abused would go through shutdown periods. So if they're not being touched in a specific way or they get touched in a way that reminds them of that trauma, yeah. well, they're probably likely to just shut down. Um, yeah. yeah. So Yoni, yeah, Yoni is a, it's obviously still sort of, uh, becoming known cause it's, mm-hmm. it's not widely known by a lot of people. And it's only that one of my girlfriends raised it to me that I even knew what it was. So yeah, it's good that we can, you know, give people more insight into it. And I didn't realize that it was like such a long session as well. So, mm-hmm. and that you've got to build into that, which is, which makes a lot of sense. What would something like that, just out of personal interest, cost someone? Because an, an average massage is, say, mm. $100, give or take $70 to $120 an hour, depending where you go. I'm trying to think what I paid. I think it was about, I think it was about five or $600. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then they, like, I mean, everyone's so different. This was just um, who I found in this particular area. And again, like I, I'm not too sure even what my prices will be when I do it. Yep. But I think it's just one of those things that you also want to make sure that the person is you're comfortable with them. And I yep. think that's so having those that time beforehand, I was really able to be like, yeah, no, this is still who I, you know, who I want to like take me to this place and explore these parts of myself with me. Cause like you're completely vulnerable. Like it's a bodywork piece. Like mm you're vulnerable. You need to like and trust and respect the person that that's helping you there. So sure. Yeah. Yeah. So do most therapists that you know, do they take generally three hours or do some do one hour? Do all therapists kind of work differently in that sense? I don't know anyone doing it less than say three hours. Yeah. Most of the girls in my Yoni course that I'm doing, um, they are either students or they're qualified practitioners. So you kind of get the best of like both like experiences of who's moving through the course with you and also who's already trained. Yeah. And like, so you hear their experiences and what like women go through when, when they, they um, host sessions and stuff like that. It's so interesting. Yeah. Because everyone just has like just different motivations for wanting to connect with themselves. And this, like, I think that's like that really nice place of it's like, it's not erotic but it's somebody holding you so you can work things out for yourself who is just there for you. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, your, your partner or your girlfriend or your husband or whoever being like, okay, is it my turn now? Like, 
oh, you're going to have like penetrative sex now. It's like, it's nothing like that. It's like, Mm. this is somebody so intentionally just like helping you explore different parts of your body, which, which is such a nice, a really nice place to be. So yeah, Yeah. it's pretty, pretty unique. Mm. Holding space, holding space. Yeah. Keyword and not rushing, not rushing the process. We just so, we all we are always so strapped for time. I think a lot of the time, and we just don't do enough body worship. Yeah, and, um, keeping it external for as long as possible, and then going internal. So, well, that was one of the things that we learned. It's like it takes women like twenty to forty minutes of like conscious foreplay mm. before they might be open to any sort of penetration, mm. like fingers, toys, penis, whatever. It's like. Yeah, but guys, like this is how long it's taking. There's nothing wrong with you mm. if you're not ready for a penis after five minutes of being tissed on the neck. It's like <laughs> you need more than that. There's nothing wrong with you for needing your full oven heated up before any of that happens. Like, of mm. course, you're not going to like these things if you're like, oh, here's a cold finger inside of you. It's like been 10 minutes. Like, just pump the brakes. Okay, with everything we've just spoken about then, and obviously everything has its place, then there's the quickie. You know, everyone's having a quickie or busy parents having a quickie. Do you agree or disagree with that? And how often should you do that? And, like, if you could sort of say to a client, here's how we're going to help you map out your sex life. Do you do stuff like mm-hmm. that? You go, here's how here's how and when to do a full-blown build-up three-hour session <laughs> versus you've only got half an hour. And how often do you do either one of those? I don't map out sessions like that with people. I I tell them there's kind of usually two ways that I'll go about it. One is I'm like, take sex completely off the table. Like Mm. until we meet again in a fortnight, don't have sex. There's nothing. There's no penetrative sex. I don't want that to happen. I want you to just like completely remove all the pressure to have it all the time or to have it every day, like just none. It's tools yeah. down. Like you can yeah. kiss each other, you can do external stuff, but I'm saying no, there's no penetrative sex. Like yeah. you can lie naked and look at each other, but no, like just take the pressure away. Cause I think, especially as women, like we get in that frame of mind where it's like, okay, like we're doing this and we have to be performing and I have to look mm-hmm. like a porn star and it's energetic as fuck and it's like, oh, here we go. Yeah. It's like you lose that whole, like this is supposed to be fun and like pleasurable. So, I'll I'll go there more often than not, especially because like my girls, like my clients are like successful, high functioning, like who operate on like strategy and like mm. task orientated. So I'm like, let's take this task out of there. So it's not even an option. So you actually have to explore other ways of like erotically touching each other or talking to each other. Like just take it off the table. It's like a bare no. So I'll sometimes do that. Or if it's like a, a matter of time, I'm like, schedule it. Like I'm a big fan of scheduling sex. I'm like, schedule it. Like once the kids go down on a Sunday night, eight o'clock, boom, just schedule it. I'm like, I'm not saying penetrative sex. I'm not saying this like vivacious, you know, experience. I'm like, just schedule sex. And that can look like anything. That can look like touching. That can look like eye gazing. That can look like attached meditation that you both do in front of each other. That could be self-pleasure in front of each other. That could be full body massage. I'm like, I just, a lot of like my teaching is like get penetrative sex out of your head because Mm -hmm. that is like the last little bit that you can add when you've got everything else kind of figured out. You've got your consent. Like, do you want to have sex tonight? Like, how do you feel about that? Mm -hmm. Like just having those conversations before we even get to like the mechanics side of things. 
So like a lot of my work is in there and then mechanics at the very end. But to answer your question about quickies, like I'm a big fan, especially having like young boys in my house. Shit's wild. I love a quickie. (laughs) But I just, I wouldn't be satisfied if that was all I ever had. Yep. So for me, I'm like, I want to, I want to connect with my husband and I want to like connect with you deeply and wholeheartedly and erotically. But then sometimes, sure, like we're both, we're both good. The boys are like occupied outside and not beating the shit out of each other for 10 minutes. Let's have a quickie. I was like, everyone's safe. There's no screaming. Let's see if we can do this. (laughs) And that's where the porn star comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's It's like, like, we've still got this. We've still got this. Yeah, against the bench. We've got this. (laughs) You're like, fuck it, throw me over the fucking kitchen, the the, over the basin, whatever, whatever. Like in a public nightclub toilet or something. Let's make it more cheap. Pretend that we're dating. We're not parents. That's it. That's it. Oh, that I just yeah. I find that so interesting. You know how parents would. You know, it's it's hard enough when you you have you're dating someone and there's no kids around, and then when you throw kids in the mix and they're constantly at you, needing, wanting this and that, and yeah. you're like, all right, cool. They're occupied because they've got the attention span of of you know two minutes max (laughs) you know and it's yeah I can't imagine how hard it would be to just try and have a sex life you know full stop so yeah you have to want it and like that is one of the biggest things I'm like you've this is like not a fucking cactus you've got to water this this is a plant like you've got to put some attention it's not just going to do its thing on its own I'm like just remind yourself it's like you you've instead of saying something like, oh, I'm tired, it's like, no, yes, you can be tired, but it's like you're lonely. Like parenting can be lonely as fuck. Mm. I'm like Mm. you are doing everything else for everyone else all the time. But when Mm. you start to look at sex as like a really nice connective space that just you two get to have, Mm. it changes like the mindset of like the clients that I get. I'm like stop looking at it as like a task that you have to endure it's it's a connective space that is you're not doing it in front of the kids like you're not doing it with the kids like this is just something that you two get to do like this is something just for you two this isn't like how we're putting you know the wiggles on the tv to keep the kids happy like this is you two get to do this like you get to like have that connected space again where you're both so seen because otherwise you're like doing pickups and drop-offs and making lunches and you know washing the sheets and it's like that's how people get dry and fucking boring. And I was like, and that's why your relationship isn't like, we're just flatmates. And I was like, yeah, I'm like, I, I love my husband too much to let us just be flatmates. So I'm like, and I think the longer you're with someone, you can start to explore different styles of sex that you like too. So it's like, if you can just change the way you think about it to be like, this is a really fun, creative expression. Like I get my best business ideas after we've had sex. I'm like, hold on, I just got to write this shit down. I was like, we can have the post bliss, but I'm like, I just need to, I'm like, I got this. And like, cause it's like such a, like a raw creative space that you get to, mm. but you're not thinking about anything else. It's like, just how can I experience pleasure in my body? How can I give that to my partner? And what can we like actually cultivate together instead of these three positions work and then I move my hips like this and then he comes and then we're done. Boom. Then I don't have to do it again for another three days. It's like, well, oh. Like that, of course, that doesn't sound appealing. Not at all. When you flip it and it's like, well, maybe I like it on my side, on my back with my legs up here. I'm like, oh, maybe I like it like this. It's like, oh, what's that? Like just <laughs> you're thinking about it differently. Like you don't eat the same meal every night. Like 
Mm. I get it. It can feel dull if you think that's all it is. Mm-hmm. But when you're like, no. Well, like sometimes for us it'll be like, babe, I'm feeling so touched out and so like I've done everything for everyone. I'm like, can you just pleasure me? Can it just mm-hmm. be oral for me tonight? Mm. And like whenever I say that to people, they're like, fuck, you don't. You don't just say that. And I was like, yeah, I do. I'm like, and I don't feel guilty about it. Yeah. My husband doesn't resent me for it. And it's not yeah. like a keeping score because it's like, this is that really nice. You're together every night. For each Tonight other. it's you, tomorrow it's him, whatever. Like, exactly. it's not like you're dating and you're seeing each other one or two days a week where it's like, you've got to feel like you're both maxing out, porn starring it, whatever you want to do every <laughs> yes. time. Because you don't have the luxury of seeing each other every single day. So you, tonight it can be massage, tomorrow it can be this, the next day it can just be oral, et cetera. So that's yeah. where you get to be creative inside your long-term relationship and mix it up and um, love that. I have another question for you. I was having a conversation with someone the other day. I won't specify who, but they said, you know, marriage is about companionship. No one actually is attracted to their husband right? Um, People just, you know, I don't know any one of my girlfriends that still find their husbands attractive. And I go, well, that's shit for your friends. Mm. Um, I don't agree with that. And if they really wanted to sort of uh, make it work, you'd find alternatives such as sex coaching, et cetera, which again, most people are not educated to do. They're taking advice from everyone else who's just as unhappy as they are and nobody yeah. really has has it all in terms of their relationship. They have, you know, and you hear that term, everything changes once you have kids. For people that have sort of especially say, Courtney, what age group are you, if you don't mind 30s. me? Asking. Right. So I know a lot of people at my our age now, they're married, two, three kids now. You know, they've probably been with their partners for, say, five, ten years. They're at that point where it's like, young and crazy in love, that's all gone now. Do you believe that everyone needs a helping hand at this point in their marriages where they need a coach? You, you can't just kind of guess this thing and guess how to continue to keep the spark alive. Would you believe that there's a lot of un, untapped information out there? People are just guessing a yeah. job that they're not actually educated on, especially sex. Who taught Especially sex. Yeah. Definitely not me. Like our sex ed was here are these massive sanitary pads and boys have wet dreams, that's it. <laughs> that was the sex education. Yeah. Here's what a penis not even looks any like. <laughs> what a vagina looks like. <laughs> not, not this is like pleasurable for you as women as well. Um no, see, I like I so disagree with it. And I, but I saying that I see it around me all the time, like mm. seriously unhappy couples. And it's sad. Cause I'm like, you choose to be with this person. Like you're not a fucking tree. Like you're not stuck there. You can move, like you can grow. Like yeah. that's the whole point. But I think like we're not taught relationships. Like we're not taught how to like communicate with each other. We're not taught how to relate to other people. We're taught to like yell um shame or blame like that's how we give feedback Mm. and we'll model our relationships off the ones that we've seen around us so if your parents you know have a beautiful relationship then sure you'll try to like replicate that or if they don't then you'll be like oh that's what all relationships look like yeah so I think like to start with like we as people don't have a really good like 
benchmark of like what it looks like to to do hard work in a relationship, which is the unsexy stuff like saying, hey, I hate when you do this, this or this, or it makes me feel like this, this and this. Mm. So I think people don't, they're not honest with themselves. They're not honest with each other. They're not honest with what they actually want from life or their Mm. relationship or any of that. So I see it all the time. And like, it was around us all the time as couples, like when we socialized with other couples and I'd be like, I don't talk about my husband like that because I don't feel like that. Like, Mm. Oh, the ball and chain or oh, my husband never does anything or whatever. I'm like, mm. that's that that's not a true statement for me. So then I've got like one of two choices. Either I'm like the cocky bitch who's like, my husband doesn't do that. He actually does more laundry than me because like that's his gem. And then I will do mm. in the cooking. Like we're a hundred percent, a hundred percent. This isn't a 50-50 show. Yeah. So either I'm the cocky bitch who's like, oh, my husband actually unstacks the dishwasher, I don't have to ask him. Or I sit there and I'm like, hmm. Has that always been the case with you guys? Have you always just picked up the slack for each other? Yeah. 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 And I think so my husband was married before me. So I think he also learned some lessons from his first marriage. Mm. So whenever we talk about it, because obviously like we talk about everything, especially when I'm now coaching on relationships. Yeah. Um, I'm like, well, you know, some I'm like, one of the girls asked me this, like, can you just tell me from your point of view, like why you think you do these things or why you think um you're not log- like a lot of the other guys where you call me like, you know, the ball and chain or like under the thumb or whatever, you know, whatever people say. Yeah. He's like, well, you know, I think it's a respect piece as well. Like we both have strengths and weaknesses in the relationship. He's like, I'm going to yeah. like hone in on your weaknesses because you're not going to want to do anything else you know, for us or for yourself, then are you? Like if somebody's constant, like, fuck this shit at this, or, you know, we've all been there when there's a couple who just sledge each other the whole time and it's like, why are you together when you hate each other? It's like yeah. that sucks. So I think for me, like, no, I, I don't I don't believe that it's just companionship. I really mm. don't. I think it takes work. Like we've had our fair share, like, We did long distance to start with. We are a blended family. We both did shift work, high-risk policing, and then, like, you know, being diagnosed with PTSD. Like, we had our fair share of shit come this way, and it Mm, was just mm, like. How long have you guys been together for now? Uh, Seven years. And how, uh, what were the hardest years? Was it, like, the first few years, the middle, recent, like? No, I reckon it was, say, Mm. The last couple of years when when Mick um, got diagnosed with PTSD from the police and mm. just seeing how that can affect like your resilience and your personality and just like your mm. like the triggers and stuff like you think that you know it but then you actually experience it in your house and it's like I've scheduled people for mental health for less than some of the things that Mick and I went through and I just was like holy fuck like this is the wildest thing of how this can transform a person. Like this is so intense. But for us, it was like that real commitment all the time. Like one of the things that we do and have always done is every Mm. Sunday we'll have like a couple's check-in. So when we first started dating and I went down to the academy, so it was like long distance. Yeah. um, And you're so busy. Like your days are like six till six, like you're flat out. And we yeah. just th- thought, like, 
how can we stay connected when we're both so busy during this time? So we created like a list of like 10 questions and every Sunday we would go through those questions and we'd ask each other, like, you know, what was the hardest thing for you this week? Like, what are you grateful for? Like, is there something that, you know, you did that really shit me off or like, and vice versa. Yeah. So we'd each get the platform to like completely judgment free, like answer these. And it's like the space to do that. And then every year we just reevaluate those questions and see what still applies or what needs to be updated. And I think that just stops things from like festering and becoming this really big thing. And it's like, oh, well, we actually haven't had sex in a while and I'm feeling a disconnect from you. Okay, cool. Well, let's plan that into our week at some point. Yep. Or, hey, I hated it when we were at that barbecue and you made me the butt of this joke about this, this, and this. Like that made me feel really small and shit. And it's like, cool, now I know about it. The longest that I'll have to wait is seven days to get that off my chest. Mm. And it's like you just, like you have to talk to each other. So when it's things like, you know, when we were pregnant with the boys and I'd be like, well, I feel like a fucking whale. I've put on like 25 kilos. Mm. I can barely move my body. Mm. I have no idea what it's going to look like by the end of this. I'm like, holy shit. Like I'm scared of this. I'm scared of how our sex life is going to look like. I'm scared of being so tired and how I'm going to make it all work. But having like a check-in where your partner, your person who you're choosing, you know, to be in life and do life with, it's like I need to be able to talk to you about these things. Like mm. that's the whole point. And I think that's why like when I like, coach my girls, I'm like things are different. Like it's not weak to talk about what you're scared of. I'm like we get to a place where it's like yeah. you can't say this. And I'm like, well, if you value your relationship, like you have to talk to each other about these things. It's unfair just to expect him to know that it shits you off that, you know, the towels aren't hung the right way. Mm. And like I have well, the tea towels like you know skew if on the oven, like where it's hanging. I'm like, he doesn't know. Like bitching about it to your girlfriends isn't going to tell him. I'm like, that doesn't get you anywhere. No, and it like, doesn't. Doesn't. If you value your relationship, then you need to talk about these things. It's like the angle of where you park the car in the driveway. Like for some people, that's a really annoying thing. I'm like. Mm. Tell your husband. Don't tell Susan at the fucking coffee shop because she's not going to do shit about it. Tell mm. your husband, babe, this drives me nuts because that angle that you park it at, I struggle to reverse out of it in the morning. <clears throat> the little I'm sure, conversations. Um, I'm sure a lot of women do a lot of talking and telling and complaining and there's a lot of husbands that <laughs> listen too. Yeah, definitely. What do you do when your partner, doesn't matter if it's a husband or a wife, what do you do when your partner just doesn't get it? Like it's just... You know, like it, obviously it's easier to work it out than walk away, but like mm. like how many times can you tell your husband to pick his undies off the floor? How many times can you tell your wife, please don't act like a jealous psycho or don't or <laughs> whatever, right? Yeah. <laughs> just, just examples. But like I'm sure people are having these conversations. Is it the way they're having these conversations that's the issue? Definitely. Yeah. The moment you come in and you're like, no, 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 you don't do this or this. But if when you come in like that, it you're gonna you're, the other person's gonna get their back up about it. And don't get me wrong, like sometimes, yeah, you'll say it every freaking day, like, oh my god, I hate how you leave the lid off the toothpaste. Like these are the tiny little things that shit each other off. Hmm. Um, but I think the the way that I teach it is I'm like, it's you two against the problem. Hmm. Instead of it being like your side and my side, I'm like it could be something like, um, 
spending money is usually one that crops up and it's like, oh, I spent all this money on a golf trip and blah, blah, blah. After we said that we were saving or budgeting, it's like, okay, instead of it being like, you spent all this money on that trip, it's like, again, approach it in that setting that you both created and agreed upon to be a judgment-free, like, sometimes that takes work and time to actually Mm. get to that place with each other where it's like, no, no, you're not coming with expectations. You're not coming with judgment. Like sometimes I even recommend couples have like a fucking spirit stick. So only one person can talk at the same time of interrupting as a thing. And like, get it so simple. I'm like, it can be as simple as that Mm. and be like, Hey, I thought, you know, we were working on this budget of, you know, saving blah, blah, blah for this, this, and this. And then the money was spent on golf. I just want to know, like, is there something like, have our values changed? Have the goals changed? Is there something that, you know, I can do to support you differently? Like just listen to where they're kind of coming from instead of it being like, you're doing all this, it's going against our goals. Like just try to work at it from that angle. Yeah. But yes, still sometimes people just don't want to do the, the considerate things. People don't want to just don't want to come to the party, and I think those their relationships when they both get re, re, you know resentful and spiteful, and it, you just you know bring out the best in each other. And like, yes, even as somebody who's a sex and relationship coach, like even as that, I'm still like, well, are you happy? Like, does this person fundamentally make you happy? Like, can you see that? Mm. Is it if this is the most stressful part of your life, then? You need to do some reevaluating. And I'm like, and I always teach like the hierarchy of like priorities is you at the top. Like you need to be filling your own cup. You need to be you as a person. You need to have your own hobbies. You need to have interests yourself. And then your relationship and then your kids. Like everyone thinks it's flipped and that your kids are first. And it's like, but what happens? Like we've all seen those moms who live through their kids and their kids go to school and they're like, who the fuck am I? Oh, just don't, uh, don't even go there. That's a whole other conversation in itself, <laughs> really. Like I just, oh, I see it all the time. And then all I hear about is, you know, if you catch up with some of your girlfriends is how stressed out they are, constantly stressed out. They just they can't even talk properly sometimes. There's that much stress and it's like my kids are sick again and my kids this and my husband this and this and that and da, da, da. And it's like what do you do for yourself? What have yeah. you done for yourself? Like you can barely squeeze a workout in because you haven't prioritised it. Like you just, yeah, and it's just, I think, all right, if you didn't sort of do that prior to having kids in a family, it's going to be hard mm-hmm. to do it in that. But if more so, if you had a good routine prior to, you know, getting married and having responsibilities and stuff like that, like, why do people just let all that fall to the wayside? I I don't have kids, so I don't get it, right? And I can't imagine it's an easy job. And time is stretched as it is. And you don't have to yeah. answer that today because I'm going to bring you back anyway. We're going to, next episode, we're actually going to talk more about utilising your femininity to maximise your earning potential, especially for business owners, especially women in business. So let's that's a whole other conversation. We'll yeah. come back. We'll book another day to talk about that. Because we're, you know, coming on to an hour now and um, people stretch for time and I'm sure they don't have time to listen to that <laughs> episode. So, <laughs> but it just, every time it makes me so frustrated that women don't prioritise or don't know how to prioritise yeah. themselves and it could be as simple as schedule everything in. Training today, bit of this today, bit of that today, and I still do it. 
Um, I schedule all my training sessions in and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Do you train yourself, Courtney? Like what's your? Yes. Yeah. yeah so I train first thing routine? in the morning. So I, I'm up at quarter past four and then I will speak 30 minutes to myself, coffee, mm. meditate, that'll be me. And then mm. I will train for an hour. I mm. do four strength sessions and then two cardio sessions throughout my week. So I'll get six workouts in. Yeah, awesome. And that is like a non-negotiable for me. And then Mm -hmm. my husband has his non-negotiables, which is his training program as well. Mm -hmm. And then from where kind of build into our week. So in that Sunday check-in, like we work out like, well, this is what I need as a bare minimum to feel like me and then I can show up for us and then I can show up as mom. And it's like, this is what I need. So like, and I think this is where, like, when you get your masculine and your feminine to blend really nicely, it's like you have this beautiful structure that you can then flow in. And that is how I parent because I'm like, if I haven't done anything for me in too long, I'm a bitch and I'm a bitch to my husband and I'm a bitch to my kids. And that is yeah. not how I like showing up. So for me, I'm like, training and movement is priority. I'm like, I, I, I need this. Um, mm, 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 mm. And then, yeah, I kind of build my day from there. I'm like yeah. this, you know, plan it out. It's not just going to happen. You're not just going to spontaneously feel like sex today if you haven't had it in three months and you're just like, oh, I'm just going to feel like sex today. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Mm. Well, mm. I haven't had a really good conversation with my husband today. Like that's what we're going to do. It doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> you have to plan yeah. it. Yeah. And just share the responsibilities. Like, hey, babe, I don't want to cook dinner seven nights a week. Either you can step up and you can do it or we can order takeaway on these nights. How do you feel? Mm. Like, mm. simple yeah. simple yeah, yeah totally it goes, I'm a simple girl <laughs> there's a saying in life Courtney you don't get what you deserve only what you negotiate exactly exactly it's like you just you have to like you're not a bitch for asking for what you need like that's just babe that's what you're entitled to mm-hmm. you you, you want to feel good and like everyone knows when you filled your own cup, whether or not that's go and have a facial, you've sat and watched Harry Potter for three three hours on a Monday. Who the fuck cares? It can be anything. <laughs> but you have to prioritise doing something yep. for you because mm. no one else is going to do it for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could seriously talk to you all day. Uh, we're going to wrap <laughs> it up. But, uh, where can people find you if they want to come and have a chat and even work with you? Come to my Instagram. That is like the hothouse of all things exciting. So Courtney underscore underscore Nolan, N-O-L-A-N. Come mm. and find me there. Um, yeah, that's the best place. Fantastic. And then slip into my DMs. I love it. So Beautiful. I'll have all of that in the show notes below <laughs> so you can reach out to Courtney that way. Uh, gorgeous lady. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'm so wrapped you reached out to me. It's Thank you for giving us some insight into your policing world and opening up now about your new profession, which has obviously been the best thing for you personally on multiple different levels. You've been able to get back in touch with who you are. And I think it's good for anyone who's even considering maybe joining the police force to really think twice as a woman, if that's something you mm-hmm. really want to do. And it probably goes against a lot of what women are sort of genetically best at. So Mm -hmm. it might work well for some women, but even men, I think policing in general is a really tough gig and um, it's something to really consider. So, yeah. So thanks again. We're going to bring you back on. We're going to map that out right now as we get off this recording. And is there anything you want to kind of leave the audience with before we jump off? 
No, I just love talking to you. I love talking about all of it. And I think it's just one of those things like we as women, it's like you can do whatever you like. You can change your mind whenever you like. And being powerful is really sexy, however that looks for you. So, yeah. Love it. I love it. I love it. All right, Cords. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time.